not just a belief of mine. It's a real knowing. Knowing that we can take what we love to do, whether it's baking, sewing, painting, whatever lights you up, then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do. As author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60, Discovering Your Core and Also Your Gift Is Your Niche, it has been my life's work to help others, just like you and me, to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Patricia Noel Drain, your host for this call, and I'm thrilled to have Linda Benz back with us today on the podcast. She's the first and only person I have had back so far. Isn't that fun? She is a wealth of knowledge, and she has so much knowledge about so many topics that today I'm really going to just focus in on how did she go from an idea to writing a book? So I want to read her bio because I want you to know who we're dealing with so that when we start talking, we can really know who Linda is. So Linda is a very accomplished energy coach. She's also a speaker and an author. Now, here's the thing with Linda. As an introverted, highly sensitive and empathetic person, Linda really knew how difficult it was how to thrive in this world when you are seen as being so different. And on a personal note here, Linda, I just have to insert that that difference is what makes you so unique. And yet none of us want to be different. It's just, no. so, it is so weird, isn't it? it Lin is. Yeah. Linda has never expected to succeed, was never expected to succeed. She definitely expected to succeed. I didn't mean to say it like that, Linda. But she had to overcome a lot of challenges, such as divorce and being homeless and being in debt. And so Linda surpassed everyone's expectations, even her own expectations, because she didn't know if she would be able to. You know, you get told enough times that you probably aren't going to succeed at anything, and you start believing that. So today, Linda's mission is to help professional women love themselves enough so they are willing to release the invisible emotional energy and pain that holds them back in life. What a noble mission, Linda. Everybody, welcome Linda Benz. 
Thank you. It's it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm so honored to be to be back again. Yep, you're our first, and that's really cool. And Linda, I could call you back. I bet. 17 different times with 17 topics <laughs> and you'd know something about them. I probably would. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, Linda, you know, we're talking about this whole book idea today, but I think you've written a lot of other books. Tell me how many you've written. Well, this is my sixth uh, oh, physical nice. book. I've written a couple of eBooks as well, but this is my sixth physical book. Okay. So name for everybody what your books are. Well, the very first one I wrote was called Feng Shui for Your Relationships. And that's mm. because I was a Feng Shui practitioner at the time. And then I did a series of three very short books, but they were energy tips. One for selling your home, one for when you move into a new home, and one for improving your income. And then the last one I wrote before this one was from the inside out breakthrough strategies for mastering your finances and now this one my latest one is called value me then it's benefits of being a highly sensitive professional well i love all those titles by the way i mean do you see everybody how talented this woman is she could talk about so many topics i might just test you on that someday miss linda and just go from <laughs> one topic to the next that'll be fun <laughs> Well, first of all, when did you get this new idea for the book? Because I love that title, Value Me. Well, the title came right at the end, actually. My working title was Advantage, the HSP Advantage, Advantages mm. of Being a Highly Sensitive Professional there. But, I, well, when did I first get the idea? It was quite a few years ago. See, most people, I, I often do things differently to most people. Most people will write a book and then perhaps create a course from that book. I had the course first. In fact, I had two courses, one for highly sensitive employees and one for employers. And I decided then that the book was going to be a combination of those two. And so that's when I I started thinking about the book and started putting the book together. I don't recommend doing it that way around. It's not the easiest <laughs> way to do it. But anyway, that's me. That's what, that's what I started to do. But it was a number of years ago, and it was interesting because I kept stalling on it. So I would get so far, and then I would stop, and I wouldn't. I mean, it might be a year before I even looked at it again because there was something not quite right about it, and I guess I couldn't figure out what that was until well, this year, really. And it, it, mainly it was because it was, I decided it, it wasn't one book, it was two books. I needed separate mm. books for the employees and, and one for employers. So I focused on the first one, the employees first, and sort of reorganized and rewrote the book. And that's why I say it's not a good idea to start with the course and, <laughs> and then make the book from the course. It's better to do it the other way around. But so yes, it's been in the works or in my mind for quite a few years, but I didn't really make that much progress on it until this year. Yeah. Tell me the title again. I want to write it down. I know the beginning is Value Me. Value Me. And it's Benefits of Being a Highly benefits. Sensitive Professional. For being a highly sensitive professional. Well, how did you discover that you were a highly sensitive professional? Because you definitely discovered that just, I don't know, was it only just well, years ago? Yes, it was about, well, I, I I didn't know there was such a thing as highly sensitive until probably about, I don't know, how long ago was it? 12, 13 years, maybe okay. around there. I mean, I always knew I was different. I knew I was sensitive because people kept telling me I was too sensitive. But then I 
I, I learned, I read the, the book called The Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine Aaron and and she's a psychologist and it was based, the book was based on her years of research with her clients and, and it was like an epiphany because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one who's like this. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> there are other people mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. me and it, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. It's just, it's a trait. This is who I am and it applies to 20% of the population. And it was, it was a really good sort of reality check for me because it was the first time I think I'd ever felt that there wasn't something wrong that had to be fixed because mm-hmm. I'd spent mm-hmm. most of my life feeling that way and trying to fix myself and be like everybody else and that was the first time I was able to really see who I was and own it and like you said at the beginning recognize that that was what actually made me good at what I do that Mm -hmm, uniqueness mm -hmm. well you know when I was reading your bio and and you were talking about your difference I know none of us on this planet want to be really different and stand out because that's all I deal with all day long are are kids that don't want to stand out and be different. And yet that is their uniqueness. But you do not know that until we become adults. True? I I think mostly, yes. I mean, there are some rare people I've come across who, who, who knew and accepted their difference right from the beginning. And that's a wonderful thing. Or, you know, they had it, it was encouraged in them from right from the beginning but for most of us I think and certainly myself and the people I've worked with over the years we've been trying all our lives to fit in and be like Mm -hmm. everybody else and and that is the last thing really you need to do because it's like it really is like trying to bash a square peg into a round hole Mm -hmm. it will never work you can't do it you are who you are and when you try to force yourself to be someone else or fit in just to be accepted, that's when you will struggle. And, you know, that's certainly been my experience and of the many people I work with. You know, Linda, I just I'm always curious about this with people. What what was it that made you go to this next step of taking all this time and energy and effort and probably money? You know, you're probably having to invest in this writing of mm-hmm. this book. What why? Why did you just have to write about it? Well, it's it's such a it, it's been it's been on my mind for a long time. It's been something that I've been motivated to to address for a long time, and that is the fact that I mean, so many people are unhappy at work, and if many highly sensitive people are doubly unhappy at work, and and it's because. They, they just want work that is meaningful and fulfilling. They want to be accepted. They want to be valued. And, and they want to do a good job. And they're not mm-hmm. able to do that because they're, they're ignored or they're made to feel bad because they're different or that there's something wrong with them. They are overlooked for promotion. Now, these people have the potential to be a company's best employees if they are encouraged and supported and recognized and that's all we any of us really want isn't Mm -hmm. it to be recognized and appreciated for who we are and so this has been something that's been a driving force for me for a long time and like I said the course came first and it just was this nagging thing in my mind that Mm -hmm. you have to do more with this you have to do more with this and and so that's really how how the book came about 
Yeah, you know, I, I know that feeling, that nagging feeling, because the, my last book that I did, I de definitely did not want to write that book. And every time I'd start writing it, it would like get all mixed up on the computer and I'd lose chapters and oh, it mm. was a mess. <laughs> and yet mm. I had to write it. So mm -hmm. I know exactly what you mean. How many pages did your book turn out to be? I think it's uh, it's, like, it's just over 100. It's not a very long book. I think it's 102 or something like that. Yeah, perfect. Those are the kind of books that, that a publisher said to me one time, they'll sell all day long because they're so short and simple. People want short, simple books. And most of the time, people want to write 250, 350 pages. And that's fine. But, but I'm just telling you, that's what a publisher said. And the other thing he said is what I want to ask you next is, the most important thing in a book, he said, is the title. Because if you don't have a great title, you're going to turn away so many people that should have bought that book to learn from you. So how did you come up with that title? You said you had a working title for a while, and then, then all of a sudden this one popped in. I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step -step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, Your Gift is Your Niche. So now I created a course called YourGiftIsYourNiche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E and in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I, I, don't, even, I don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into an, what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life that's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E. And if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. I'm not sure I'm the best person to, to ask that, answer that question because I, I, I do know that it needs to be a great title and I am not I, I don't consider myself to be good at coming up with with good titles. That's not something I I, it's a, I think writing the book was easier than coming up with the title. To yes. be honest, but and it was actually you. You you said to me, "I love the book, but you've got to you've got to come up with a different title." And and I knew you were right. And it was it was very frustrating because I didn't know what that could or should be. And I asked other people and. 
uh, I just, you know, when you ask other people, that's great, but you get a whole variety of responses. Mm -hmm. And I just went back to what is the core thing? What do I want people to get out of this book? You know, and it was that sense of value being valued, not only so the value me is you want your colleagues and your employer to value you as a professional or if you have your own business you want your clients and the people you work with to to value you but also that that instruction is really for yourself it's like you have to value you you know and so I I just went back to what is the overriding thing I want to get people to get out of this book and it's that it's that sense of being valued and to see that far from being a problem, you know, high sensitivity being a problem in the workplace is actually a huge benefit. Absolutely. That's, that is such a good answer, Linda, because that points out again to me and hopefully everybody listening that we have to ask for feedback. We have to ask for input. Then you have to get very quiet with yourself mm -hmm. and figure it out because I did the same thing when with something one time and, and I remember all the feedback I got. It was from A to Z and, mm -hmm. and I just I got very confused with it then and I had to sit quietly and, and just really figure it out. Now the the thing is when that publisher told me that about the title, it was when I was doing what should I be when I grow up now that I'm forty, fifty, sixty and mm -hmm. he, he he said, because I didn't have that particular title at the time, he said that doesn't work. I mean you've got to come up with something better than than that particular title. So that's when we came up with the 40, 50, 60, because mm. it wasn't for everybody. It wasn't for this 12 year old little kid that's out there trying to figure it out too. And so, yeah, you, you nailed, you really nailed that. And not just for highly sensitive people. I really think that there's going to be people that are going to buy value me because they want to feel valued in the workplace and in life in the relationship for heaven's sake. Well, it's so true. You know, the principles that I, I talk about and the strategies in the book actually apply to everybody, even though mm -hmm. uh, I'm mm -hmm. talking about highly sensitive people. It, it really does apply to everyone. Does the uh, Enneagram help people discover who they are? Oh, I, I think so. Yes, because the Enneagram is not just a personality type, although it does tell you like I'm a two on the Enneagram, which is the helper personality type. And that describes me to a T, you know, for example, all the other books I've written, I don't have really close attachment to them because I realized, especially as I was writing this book, that I'd written every other book because somebody else wanted me to. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and so I yep. did it more for them than I did for me. So, you know, that describes me very well. But the Enneagram comes, it comes, shows you your energy tendencies if you like and it helps it helps with your personal growth because it shows you why you have tendencies to do this why you feel drawn to that why you feel compelled to feel to think or feel this way and and what you can do to change it to help yourself so it's a it's a lot more sort of coming from an energy perspective which which is really i think very very helpful well, I was listening the other day to a podcast and this lady said <laughs> on the Enneagram, and see, I never used to even hear that word before until you, but on the Enneagram, I'm a two. And I thought, mm -hmm. I think Linda said that about me. Mm -hmm. And that means I'm a helper. And then she started going into the, how it's a, a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. she thinks about everybody else and then it's hard to come back to her. Yeah. And I thought, I don't want to be a two. I want to <laughs> I want to be a nine or seven. I don't know what they all are, but I want to be something other than a two. 
<laughs> well, you know, every every type, and there are nine types. Of course, they all have their their challenges, but they all have their gifts. So, you know, one of the challenges of being a two is is that you always put yourself last, and you can't help yourself helping people, even when they haven't asked for help. <laughs> and, and you know, and you, you think you. You're being that's all uh-huh. you want to do is be helpful, but it can become a burden because. And I've been on the receiving end of that when somebody's been trying to force their help on me that mm-hmm. I haven't asked for, and mm-hmm. it's it's not nice. Nope. And so that's why I say by understanding the enneagram, I, I have learned how and when I do that, and I've learned not to do that. Yes, I'm still a helper in my heart, but I don't do it when somebody doesn't need it or want it or has asked for it. Yeah. So one time, I, I when I really caught myself, now I, this is way before Enneagram or I knew what I was or anything, but I'm on a bus and I'm sitting next to the bus driver and I thought, he would like to hear how I could help him. No, he did not. <laughs> oh, I, and I just think it's so, I get so mad at myself for that because they, you're absolutely right. They did not ask for help and right. they don't want your help. Right. So I do want to ask you though, Linda, out of the six books that you wrote, especially with the Feng Shui book being first, did that give you pleasure to finish that very first book? Was that just a real great feeling? I feel like I should say yes. <laughs> But I have to be honest and and say no. It huh. and that's that's a good question because you know it's it's just given me some insight <laughs> myself. Mm-hmm. But no, it really didn't because again I was writing it for because mm. other people wanted it and and that well it, yes it was an accomplishment and what it did for me I think more than anything else and what I got mostly out of it was was when I first started writing that I mean writing a book was the furthest thing from my mind and because people had asked for it you know and I'm the helper I felt I had to do it but all the things that came up and and anybody I know who's written a book says the same thing all the things that come up mm-hmm. who am I to be writing a book I, you know I don't know how to write a book who's going to read it nobody's going to want it uh, you know I don't know enough to be able to write a book and you start comparing yourself to all the other authors and all the other books that are out there and what could I possibly have to say that could make a difference and so it, it brought all of those things up for me that I had to work through and I think the place it brought me to was to let go of the idea that I need to be a writer. I don't, even though I've written six six books, I do not consider myself to be a writer. I know I have several friends who are writers and their writing is beautiful. I mean, you read it and you're moved and they tell stories and it's, it's different. I can write. In other words, I have information in my head that I put down on paper so but I don't consider myself to be a writer and once I let go of that idea that I had to be a writer and it all had to be perfect that really really helped me so yes I can say I'm an author but I I'm not trying to be a writer Mm -hmm. I'm just sharing the information and just helping people that way I, I see the two things as being very different and that really helped me when I let go of that because that and that's where like you said in the beginning you know, a shorter book is is better because, again, what I thought was I had to write this big book. Yeah. And yeah. I I didn't know how to do that, and I it was 
it took me a long time. It created a lot of resistance and it took me a long time to get past that. But I think the benefits from writing that first one, it was that, it was, and that fear of, oh my gosh, now I have mm -hmm. a book. Now people are going to see it. Now people, mm -hmm. my name That's is out right. there, you know, so it helped me deal with all of that. Well, when I wrote my first book, it was called Hire Me, Secrets of Job Interviewing. And I was just doing it because I saw all the people coming and interviewing at my recruiting firm, and they were not doing a good job. So I would give them these books as they would leave. And and I just remember being so embarrassed that I mm -hmm. had written this book that I couldn't even, even imagine going away from my office with this little book. And so you just never know where something is going to go and, and how it's going to build your your yourself, just how you get built up again and get your confidence back to go right. out and do the things you're supposed to be doing. And here you are five books later. And I think this one, I don't know if, if I'm right or not, but I have a feeling this one is really going to give you pleasure to tell people about. I think it is. I, I mean, I already feel differently about this one. It's because it's it's coming more from me. Not that the others weren't, but like I said, those were more like like the tips books. I wrote those because somebody, a, a realtor I was working with, she said, oh, I wish you had something because she, mm -hmm. she would give gifts to her uh, clients. And she said, I wish you had something that was like tips for people when they're trying to sell their house or tips for people when they're moving into their new home. And I thought, well, I can do that, you know, and, and again, that's that's changing our concept of what we think a book should be. So I would say to anyone thinking about writing a book, if they think they don't have enough to put into a book, write tips, you know, mm -hmm. and those are some of my most popular books. People love it because it's just simple tips and they can get through them very, very quickly. They're easy to implement. And so those were really easy to do. Mm -hmm. Was this book really easy for you? Did it just flow out of you? Well, yes and no. I, I think it did once I once I realized that it, I was trying to put too much into it. Again, is that the thing of it had tried trying to make it bigger than it mm -hmm. it really needs to be? So once I realized that okay, this is not one book that's actually two books for two different audiences and although we're talking about the same thing, that's when I, I feel like it freed me up to really, to really write it more effectively. Well, if you were going to advise somebody, because I know somebody's listening to this and they, they have a book in them, but they're embarrassed like we were and they're, they're thinking, why me? Why would I do it? Well, it's because you're supposed to, or the book wouldn't even be in your head. So tell, if you can, if you can tell the process of how you write a book, I think that would help people. Well, I, th I think, again, it's this idea that I have to be a, to write a book, I have to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And this is the process that writers go through. And then people seem to really struggle with that. It's like, I have to set aside, you know, so much time every day or every week, and I have to, to do this writing. And I I've known people who do that, and then they really struggle because it's like writer's Block. I was talking to one lady who was writing her book and she she's, she does leadership uh, consulting and she was really struggling to write the material down. And I said to her, OK, you do workshops and, and you know, lead one day, full day workshops all, all the time. I said, why don't you do it as if you were doing a workshop? I said, speak your book, yes. <laughs> you know, and, mm -hmm. and that really just made a difference. It freed her up because instead of sitting there 
with mm-hmm. a blank page trying to write something. She just started doing it as if she was teaching it. And that's how it enabled her to put her book together. So I would say find the way that works best for you. Now, it might be that you spend even a few minutes every day. It might be that you take half a day a week and write your book. Or it might be that you record it, you speak it, and then have it transcribed. It might be that you start off with just as if you were as if you were going to, to teach it. You know, if you have information that you teach, then what, if you were doing a workshop, a one-day workshop, what would you teach? And just write down the, the main points that you would teach. And then that's the main structure for your book, you know. So I would say to people, find your way and don't think that it has to be only one way. I mean, mm-hmm. so Patricia, how did you write your books? How did you, I mean, did you do it like a little bit every day or how, how did it work for you? Yeah, I didn't ever set aside, okay, this is the day I'm going to write for a half hour because that's not how I think. Right. And so whenever I was wanting to write, that's when I would just sit there and knock out two or three chapters at a time. But see, I am a teacher. And so all of my books are how-to kind of books. And, and because I'm a teacher, I think like that. I think like yeah. lesson plans and I think, chapters and I and so they they were very easy for me to do but I'm I deal with a lot of people who are trying to and struggling with writing a book that's why we we had to start a program called let's get your book done because people Mm -hmm. weren't getting them done and so I used to try to do it in three months but I now know it can't it has to be six months for most and and I love doing it like that but this one person I'm working with she absolutely is so stuck on the words, just like you say, writing something out. And then she gets on the computer and tries to do it. And she's all over the place. I think she is maybe ADD and having and really struggling with that. So I told her exactly what you just said, Linda. I said, I want you to start speaking your book, just talking about your mm. book. And then we're going to send it into a company and have it all transcribed. <clears throat> she's almost done with the book now because yeah. of that. So you're yeah. absolutely right. You nailed it with that. Yeah, I think you have to find your own way. I think we get stuck because we think it has to be a certain way. And if Mm -hmm. you're intimidated by the idea of, oh, there's all these other books out there, you know, Mm -hmm. what what could I possibly say? And I'm not a writer and all of that. You know, come back to the question that I love that you ask people all the time. And that is, you know, with the information you have and with what you do, do you help people? Do you make a difference in people's lives? Mm-hmm. And if you say yes to that, then you can write a book. Mm-hmm. And even if you are completely intimidated by the idea of writing a whole book, then start with tips. <laughs> you know, do 30 tips, 50 tips, whatever it is, just make them short tips and you can p- compile that into a book. And there you are, you've got your first book. And then later on, if you wanted to, you could take that and expand on it and and make a more in-depth book if you wanted Mm to. Good advice. But let go of what you think it should be, you know, or how you think you should do it and find Mm -hmm. your way, find what works for you because people need your information. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. So, Linda, I'm going to give you these wonderful 10 golden nuggets I got out of our, out of your conversation today. But I wanted to ask you now, how, how do we get the book? I really am anxious to have this book. I don't even have it yet. It's coming out I, I next week is my, my hope that it'll be out next week. It will be available on Amazon. So just look for Value Me 
I guess, or look up my name, Linda Bins. I will have it, a link also on my website, which is lindabins.com. But yes, I, okay. I should be out next week. Excellent. And, uh, yeah. I love I love having books on Amazon. It makes it so easy for, yes. for me anyway. I used yes. to make it so hard for myself. But uh, So we'll go to amazon.com and look up Value Me, and that's all yes. you have to do, or Linda Bins. Now, let's say mm-hmm. somebody wants to get in touch with you, though, not just about the book, but just about something else, a course, or working with you as a coach. How do they do that? You can do that through my website. There's a, a contact page on there, or you can just email me directly, which is Linda at lindabins.com. And Bins is B as in boy, I-N-N, Nancy, Nancy, S, Sam. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I listened the other day to somebody, and I really wanted to get in touch with this girl. And it's amazing on a podcast when you say a name like her name, it, it was a Z instead of an S and it was a V instead of a B. And it was weird because that's why I spell things out now because of that. But Linda, you smart little girl, here are the 10 golden nuggets I got out of what you said. Number one, keep going even if you are stalled. And once again, stuck, you know, like Linda was saying at the very beginning, she was stalled on certain things, but she kept going, kept doing it. Number two, Sometimes your teacher is a book. And I love that your teacher was a book, Linda, with that psychiatrist. And I love that my teacher was was, uh, Michael Gerber in the E-Myth. He just spoke to me in that book. Number three, maybe there is nothing wrong with us. Maybe it's just a trait. Love that. Number four, follow what you are compelled to do. And I think many times people give up before they just make it happen. Number five, Get feedback whenever necessary. I, I am now doing that all the time. I'm take, I'm sending out to one person at a time sometimes and saying, would you give me your feedback on this? Because I just need to have other people's opinions. Yeah. Number six, ask the question, what do I want them to walk away with after they read my book or listen to my course or listen to this podcast? Number seven, self-awareness is king. So always know that the more you know yourself, the more successful you will be. Number eight, do something for you, not for others. Just remember what Linda said. She wrote all those books for other people. (laughs) This one's for her. Number nine, consider speaking your book rather than writing it down. And number 10, and I love this, Linda, just start with a tip if you have to, to get your book done. If a book is important to you. Just start with the very, very simplest of all. And, you know, that simple little idea that you said, Linda, is really what I say all the time. If you want to improve your confidence, just start small. If you want Mm -hmm. to lose 10 pounds, try to just lose a half of a pound. You know, Mm -hmm. that's and so that's exactly what you're saying, too. Just start with a tip and then your book comes from that. I can't thank you enough, Linda. As always, you're just wonderful to have on this podcast. And I can't wait to have you back. And then I'll have you read your book. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I look forward to coming back. Thank you, Patricia. It's always a pleasure. Until we meet again, everybody, it's Patricia Noel Drain. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can't share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. 
I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one, of course, goes right back to this podcast. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And that's why I created the digital downloadable course, yourgiftisyourniche.com. I already mentioned it er earlier in the episode. But finally, I came up with another problem that I can solve, and it's how to live a happy, long-lived, lasting marriage. Now, I created a book called The Chosen Few, and I share 100 tips that myself and others, other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group. It's free. I'd like you to come on to it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.